just going back to the way we basically started. If you've got a good alfalfa crop out there, the next step is to preserving the nutrients and increasing the yield as much as possible. These products that go on at the swather will accomplish that for you. Global shortages are causing farm input costs to skyrocket. A better way to farm shows you how to take control of inputs and maximize profits so you can farm the way you want. Now, from America's heartland, here's your host. Hey everyone, Tyler here, field agronomist with A Better Way to Farm, where we spend each and every day providing solutions to farmers to grow better crops and to make more money. I hope that you're having a great day and I thank you for tuning into our podcast. We greatly appreciate the time you give us not only here on this platform, but also on our Facebook page. Now, I do want to say today may seem like we are pretty, pretty row crop heavy on some of these episodes. I'm going to shamefully admit that growing up in central Iowa, graduating from Iowa State, that really I, I too kind of have a pretty row crop dependent mindset, especially when it comes to corn and soybeans. So for you listeners and even some of our clients that make some money on the forage side of production, we wanted to share some insights from not only growers like yourself, but also some industry experts that we have in the field and that we hope that you enjoy the next series that we have on, on alfalfa production. Now, today, our guest has been in the industry for, for over 20 years, has worked with growers from all across the United States. He's been recognized for being outstanding in his field. So let's welcome from out of the field, hopefully, Mr. Steve Heath. It's an honor and a pleasure to get to chat with you today, Steve. Thanks for joining us. Well, I'm glad to be here. So we've had the pleasure to meet and uh, the pleasure to, to chat for a while. But why don't you go ahead, for the listeners that are listening into this, why don't you go ahead, kind of tell them a little bit about who you are, kind of where you're from, and, and a little bit about what you do, what, what kind of got you into this deal? Well, I've been in agriculture since I left college. Was a farm boy to begin with, so I guess that's always been my love, <laughs> yeah. being with agriculture. Around 2001, I started working with a forage product for alfalfa. Worked on that, developed it. I'll be honest with you, these products that go on at the Swather are the easiest to sell and it really retains customers without a lot of effort. So it's just a great product. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely. And and that's one of the things that I'm excited to have you on today because it, you know, it's nice to have the growers on that are doing it and everybody can listen to, oh, I, I remember talking to Joe Farmer or listening to Joe Farmer on the podcast and he said this and and I like that. But but having industry experts like yourself that, that's been doing this for years and kind of explain a little bit about, you know, how this whole thing works to me is absolutely vital because there are things just like what we do with A Better Way to Farm on the row crop side. We do it on the alfalfa production, the forage production side as well. When you find those limiting factors, that's where you're going to increase your yield or whatever. But what you're doing on the preservative side of things, you're taking that to the next step and you're really helping preserve what these growers are out. They're dumping their money. They're making these investments and you're really helping out and preserving that that little piece of it. So I really, really kind of wanted to, you, you touched on it a little bit, but but that passion for agriculture, where did that, that all start? Did, did you grow up on a, a small little farm out in central Nebraska or where did that really begin? Actually in South Dakota, uh, okay. city farm, worked in town yep. and farm. So uh, while dad was working during the summer, I was working in the field and doing things. And <laughs> when I was in high school at the time, uh, from the time I got off the bus until dad got home and ate, I was out in the field. So 
Yep. That's how we did things back then. <laughs> you know, there, uh, and I'm sure you, you can't tell uh, listening to our voices, but there's a, a, a few days, a, a few years between us, but that's how I grew up too. Uh, you know, my grandpa had 120 acres, 100 acres tillable. And I knew that, you know, with my mom and my dad working, you know, these city jobs, it was basically just hobby farming just south of town. And I thought, you know, I would love to be a farmer, but it's probably just not in the cards for me. Uh, They've got some great programs, beginning farmer programs and stuff like that, that I could have probably taken advantage of. But I'm absolutely thrilled to be where where I'm at. And I know that, that you're absolutely thrilled to be where you're at. But when you look at your experience and and how we got to know each other, what was it with, you know, kind of coming on board, meeting up with Rod? Everybody knows Rod. Delmer Yoder is a, a great friend. He's on the team as well. But what was kind of that first experience with them and, and how'd you kind of get to know us? I was actually working with the ProServe product years back. So that's how I got acquainted with uh, Conklin and the IBO structure helping to promote that ProServe product. Worked with Denny Damon, worked a lot with Delmer, uh, Paul Arnold. I I worked with a number of IBOs helping to promote that preserving hay. After we go through the pro-egg system and we produce a good crop, how do we keep that crop in the best possible quality at feed out? Yeah, so that absolutely kind of leads me to my next question about the growers that are listening, when they look at forage production, and we talk a lot about, you know, our system and, and how us at A Better Way to Farm, we, we go through the soil test, through the recommendation system, it spits out, you know, precise, accurate recommendations. And then we go from there. But but what kind of in your mind on the alfalfa or even forage production side, generally, what do you need to be focused on, focused on in, in your honest opinion to kind of take that to the next level? What what are your thoughts when you meet that grower for the first time? What do you guys talk about? And what do you say, hey, look, this is the deal and this is the path that you need to take? Well, first of all, I would hope that they've got a good stand out there. Okay. And that's yep. going to come on your agronomic side. Yep. So, you know, it's the alfalfa is the third largest economic crop we've got in the United States. We need to take oh, care wow. of you guys do that on, on your uh, agronomy side. Mm-hmm. So the next step then is how do we preserve that quality? Basically, in the industry, there's there's two ways to do it. The most predominant way right now is to apply something at the baler. But if we're applying things at the baler, what are we really trying to do? Heat damage and mold control. That's basically the two major things you get. If you look at the ProServe and we go on at the baler, we get some weather protection. We get some green protection. We get some rain protection. With rain protection, I talk about a reasonable rain because rain can come down so many ways. If we get a rain event for two weeks, nothing's going to work. But with a reasonable rain, we've got a greener, nicer quality product. We also have a product that in a dry situation is going to hang on to more leaves. And that's where we get a lot of our increase in nutrient value. So if you look at going out the baler or the swather, the swather gives us a lot more benefits than you're ever going to get, even applying ProServe at the, at the baler. So one of the things that you were able to share, and, and again, I know this is you know an audio version, so people can't see this, but could you describe in numbers what the difference is from what you see just going to a control to what uh, you might see running a, a ProServe type of product or or a uh, product that's going to preserve the kind of the life and the leaf material 
of some of these forages. Basically, you can see a yield increase. Probably in the Midwest, we're going to be around oh, 160 to 200 pounds more acres because of hanging on to leaf. So we get a yield yep. increase. Nutritive value. Uh, in, in fact, this is actually some Conklin data. Uh, crude protein improves by about 6.2%. Yeah. Digestible protein by over 15. Digestibility increases by about 8%. So even within the Conklin in, in some of their data, they've got that information. <clears throat> and I talked about green protection. Yeah. Uh, their data shows that uh, chlorophyll contents is increased by about 50%, uh, which if you go to the next step, and I'm not sure on this, but if chlorophyll is water soluble, it has to be or it wouldn't leach out, we would have green hay all the time and we don't have that. Yep. But there's other nutrients that are water soluble also. So it seems to me that these types of products help to decrease the leaching of nutrient out of that plant. That's speculative to some extent, <laughs> right? but I, be I believe it's part of the mode of action of these types of products. Yeah. So then why not use things like a can of green paint or maybe a, a cheaper or, you know, kind of a, an inferior product? Why, why don't you go down that route as opposed to some of these other higher quality products? Well, I think number one, green paint's probably not palatable, but... Uh, <laughs> These products help to maintain the quality and increase the yield. We put so much effort into raising a good alfalfa crop. We need to take the next step and help preserve that quality and yield increase. And it's easily done with these types of products. Today's episode is brought to you by our new partnership with Solar. We're saying goodbye to our electric bill. At the end of 2021, we made the decision to get solar panels. The solar company we have partnered with has made things so quick and seamless. They finished our installation on two of our projects within 24 hours. There are incredible tax benefits and no electric bill. That makes it a win-win. The company we're working with even financed the project at less than 2% interest with no money down. That makes our monthly payment $100 less than our electric bill was. You can get your free quote at www.abetterwaytofarm.com forward slash solar. Again, abetterwaytofarm.com forward slash solar. Yeah, and this is something that that you can even, I, I know there's a lot of guys, I, I used to work with a lot of growers in uh, Missouri that would struggle uh, getting in before a, a rain event would come. But this is something that, that you mentioned a little bit earlier, but you can absolutely bail earlier you can bail wetter. You can, you can, you know, hold on to the leaf retention. You can hold on to some of that. You're not letting it dry and you're not, I don't know how you feel about Ted and we should probably have talked about this before, but to me, anytime that you dry a leaf down and, and then you blow it all over the ground again and try to rake it back up, anytime you do that, you're going to be losing some of that feed value and stuff. So what are your thoughts on, on that as well? Kind of this whole, the whole if, system. If we apply these products at the baler, we probably will based on some research that I've done, we do get a quicker dry down. Okay. My data would show we're getting about an 8% quicker dry down. Yep. I've had producers tell me uh, they're bailing a day earlier. Yep. So, so we've got that benefit. 
we never, I know guys never have this issue where they lay hay down and the hay's not quite ready and there's rain clouds in the right. sky. Okay? That right. never happens. No, no, no. Then it's, then it's decision time. <laughs> do I put up wet hay or do I let it get rained on? And these types of products can give you some security. If we don't push moisture too far, yeah. we can bale that hay, get it up before the rain, and still have a good quality product. Yeah. And, and as a sidebar, these products really help decrease mold. That's one thing I, I think that's really important, particularly when we have are forced into bailing maybe wetter than we'd like to. And I'm glad that you brought that up. And so I'm going to make you, I hope you're okay with it, but I, I, why is that important? I, I want to make sure that the listeners understand why you brought that up and why that's such a big deal. Mold in animals causes abortion in calves, sickness, it decreases immunity, a whole host of problems. These products have also been used on things other than alfalfa, wheat haze, grass haze, Corn stalks, and corn stalks are used two different ways. They're either ground and used as feed or they're used as bedding. Mold in either situation with that animal either consuming or breathing it in can cause real problems in production. Absolutely. Just like mold in, in our house or any of that stuff. We, we can't be breathing that stuff in and rolling around it uh, at night, any, any of that stuff. So I'm, I really appreciate you, you bringing that up. I do have to throw this out there, though. You, you, you know as well as I do that that our clients that are listening to this podcast, or even if you're not a client yet and you're listening to this podcast, we, we don't have issues with, with bailing too wet or with, with mold. It's our neighbors, right? <laughs> it's our neighbors that have the issues. <laughs> so and, and it, that varies so much with climate because I know Conklin covers a wide swath. Yeah. If we go clear out West where it's really dry and they're bailing around 20, 10 moisture, mold's probably not a big issue. Yeah. If we go clear out to the East Coast with higher humidities, Ohio and that area, yeah, they may not get the yield increase because they're bailing wetter, but now mold becomes a bigger issue. Yep. And those of us right down through the Midwest, we're that in between. Uh, we've got a little bit more humidity than out West, and uh, so we get a better yield because of moisture, yep. but mold can be a problem also in the Midwest. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, one of the things that you brought up that you just mentioned was was kind of helping with dry down. And that's one of the things on the real crop side, we talk about it all the time. And, and growers are always like, oh, uh, you know, if they're new to the system or they haven't been a part of a better way to farm yet, they always say, well, how in the world can what you do actually help with dry down? Well, it all relates to better nutrition in, right? If you can build a bigger, healthier plant, that thing is going to mature faster. It's going to reach physiological maturity and then it's going to start drying down. And that's where you see that benefit. And those are all the things that we talk about at our two-day fundamentals of agronomy program. And I know that even you being a part of the team, how, how would you describe all the, the two-day, those pro-ag events that you've gone to, those two-day fundamentals of agronomy trainings? How would you describe those as far as education and, and kind of some experience that you get from that? What well, kind of walk us through that. In my previous life, when I was working more closely with uh, Conklin, and going to those pro-ag meetings. In my experience, Conklin was the first company that I found was con that was concerned with what's going on with the ground down. Yep. So many times in my past experience in visiting with farmers and working with farmers, they're all concerned with that crop above ground. Mm -hmm. And 
listening to Denny Damon, going to some of the field days that that I was invited to to help promote the the Conklin product. It really made me realize about the soil health and what's going on and getting those roots to go down deep. Yeah. And so that was my experience. And it was a learning experience. And I think anybody that wants to learn more on the, about the agronomic side would really benefit from any of the pro ag sessions. And you've kind of touched on this a little bit. I'm going to make you dig a little bit deeper. You get to work with a lot of us on the A Better Way to Farm team. You know, again, I've brought up Delmer. You work with him a lot. Preston, myself, obviously Rod, you know, Rod's the one that does all the Facebook lives and everything. When you talk to us, and, and again, you do a little bit of work outside, you do some contracting stuff for some other people. What would you say kind of in your mind sets the A Better Way to Farm team off of you know, your, your typical, you know, retail location or, or your, your other crop consultant or whatever that you might deal with? Well, I think you know, obviously products on the agronomic mm-hmm. side, but then going a step farther, your tissue testing, your soil sampling, obviously Rod and his group are very knowledgeable on the agronomic side. And Conklin does, I know when they bring products online, they've researched them for years. Mm-hmm. So any of those products. And then the other side on that agronomic side is, you know, can we do other things, decrease the amount of fertilizer we're putting down, decrease that fertilizer cost, but yet still increase yields. And I think uh, based on the results, at least that I've seen in visiting with uh, Conklin customers, producers, Conklin seems to get that job done. Yep, I literally was just on the phone earlier today with uh, a client. He has a phenomenal story. He's from Western Pennsylvania. He's working with a guy that just has some grass hay. And that guy finally let Sam do some soil testing and they just got the samples back today. I was looking at them earlier before we fired this meeting up. And I said to Sam, I said, look, man, I said, he's kind of in some dire straits. He's got to get something going on. And I said, if he's not going to work his ground because it's grass pasture, so he's not going to work his ground. Said he's got to get away from doing some of the things like a dry broadcast spread of, um, you know, map or you know potash or whatever. He's got to go to a more neutral product, one that's safer, safer, you know, chemistry. And then obviously, in the preservative side of things, when he cuts this, he's got to be preserving it a little bit better to increase his yield. And I said, look, you need to find out what his budget is for the whole farm. I said, take that budget and then do it the right way. And if it's only on a quarter of the acres, then so be it. But you've got to show him that this is where it needs to be. We need to do it the right way. And it's a complete system. It's a complete package. It's not just one thing that's going to get you there. And you brought up the, the with the grass haze about preserving it. I, I've had many producers both on alfalfa and grass hay, tell me they just don't see as much dust coming off the baler. That's a yield loss. Even with grass hay, the dust we see can be coming off the baler on grass hays when you're baling, it's not all dirt you're kicking up with the head. <laughs> you're actually grinding up some of that grass hay, which is a yield increase also. Yeah, absolutely. It, it, it all fits in and it, it all connects and, you know, that's the biggest part about the educational side of not only a pro ag, but even here at A Better Way to Farm, what we try to do with our clients and our customers, our potential customers, potential clients, we try to show them that. So, you know, Steve, if, as, as we kind of wrap this thing up, what would you kind of add to it? Are there any kind of final thoughts as, as we run some bailing twine around this thing and, and ship it off or? 
just going back to the way we basically started. If you've got a good alfalfa crop out there, the next step is to preserving the nutrients and increasing the yield as much as possible. These products that go on at the swather will accomplish that for you. Going on at the baler will not get that done. And then if we've got a better quality product nutritionally, we get a better feed out. So it's a total program. Do what you need to do to get a good crop. I think the Conklin uh, agronomic program will, will get you there. Use those products that are going to preserve that product for you and then maximize the feed out. I think that's it in a nutshell. Absolutely. I greatly appreciate that. The words of wisdom, Steve. So I've got to say thank you very much for the time today. We greatly appreciate the conversation and the information. Now, I will mention that if anybody has any questions for Steve, please go ahead. Feel free to reach out to anybody on the Better Way to Farm team and try to reach out to Steve through that. Uh, obviously, Rod, the Facebook page, any of that stuff, we can get you in contact with Steve. We hope that you enjoyed this episode on alfalfa production, and we ask that you please rate, obviously, with five stars, review our content, and drop a comment about this episode. We also ask that you follow A Better Way to Farm on Facebook and like and share that page with your family, friends, or really anyone that may find value in what we do. And as always, we hope that you have a better day. A better way to farm. You're listening on the Verbal Crowd Network. Find more great shows at verbalcrowd.com.